This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to People Talk. People Talk is about getting ahead at work, becoming a leader, establishing your personal brand, and motivating yourself and those around you. Hosted by Angela Hall, who has decades of experience working in the field of human resources, you can expect lively discussions about topics like workplace politics, dealing with difficult employees and clients, creating an inclusive workplace, and jump-starting your career. Here's your host, Angela Hall. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of People Talk. I am so thrilled that you are able to join us again. And once again, I have Wayne Hawkwater from Florida State University. Wayne did a great discussion last week regarding um, uh, leadership. And we're here for part two of this wonderful discussion. Today, we're gonna talk about um, why leaders fail and also the future of leadership. So Wayne, welcome again. For those of of our listeners who didn't have the opportunity to hear last week's podcast, can you just give a little bit of a background about yourself? Sure, thank you so much for having me again. Uh, More walk-up music. Gotta have Louis Armstrong. Everybody, let's sway a little. People can't see me, but I'm doing. I'm getting a wave yeah. starting here. <laughs> yeah, Angela and I are doing the uh, two-person wave yes. across many states and about seventy degrees. Oh, absolutely. All right, so I love it. I, you know, I at the end of my lectures here, which you know, a lot of them are PowerPoint desktop. I try to always insert at the end something uplifting or something positive because let's face it the world is uh i don't know i think my grandma it's not screwed i'm sorry yeah no you know my grandmother you know she i think her phrase would be it's going to crap in a handbasket but i don't think she actually said crap there's a lot of things out there to be disengaged disenchanted discouraged about but there's also so many wonderful beautiful things and you know, we're getting attacked by the, 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 the bad side of the world, including what's going on in businesses. One of the things that I'm seeing, and it's a, a tragic part of both society and the business world, all of a sudden, maybe it's not all of a sudden, it seems like narcissism is a positive thing. Now, when you think about the people who we admire and who we follow and who we respect and who we admire and who we emulate, some of them are pretty crusty characters. And uh, the world has become, in my 50-something years, uh, maybe it's the advent of social media, maybe it's the advent of Facebook, people really want to make themselves look as good as possible and present themselves in such a way where their makeup's always great, their clothes are always great, they're always getting admiration, and the world is fraught with narcissists. I got a friend who works for Time Magazine, Jeffrey Kluger, he wrote a book that I had some, some insights in, and it was about narcissism. If you want to look that up, just send me an email, I'll send you a, a link to the book. 
But this really does get into leadership. And we talked last time about how leadership really needs to be the process of developing others. And oftentimes that does occur at the expense of yourself. I mean, sometimes you have to spend, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, half a day dealing with an employee issue, helping them get back on track, maybe putting out fires for them, maybe offering guidance, insights, ways to maybe work through the system. When in fact, you kind of look at your desk and your desk is getting pretty stacked up too. The problem is oftentimes when people really do buy in or try to promulgate this whole uh, narcissism thing, if it's all about you, then it can't be all about them. And again, it's about work, but it's also relationships. And we see that on the, the media all the time. Somebody's just way too into themselves and it does affect businesses. One thing we know about narcissism is that if you have a narcissistic boss, and a narcissism is simply a matter of saying somebody who is self-interested, self-serving, it's all about them. There's also tons of clinical definitions. Usually when a narcissist or a person who has these tendencies shows up at work, it's usually applauded and thought to be a pretty good thing because a narcissist has typically some positive qualities like they're usually outgoing. They're usually brought in to change a bad situation. So they're offering a breath of fresh air. They've got a new perspective. Usually there can be a little bit, uh, they can be a little bit active and I don't want to use the word pushy, but they really like to push their agenda. So people start, you know, they get to the point where, hey, this is going to work. Well, leopards and spots, you know the story. At some point people realize that, you know what, this isn't as good as it used to be. You know, this person's, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. we bite in, you know, we, we bought into all the stuff and all of a sudden, you know, you know our group did a great job, but the, the certificate went to the boss. Something's wrong with this situation. And it's a very large phenomenon and it's something that we need to address. And again, a lot of that deals with how you select leaders and identify leaders not so much for what they can do for themselves, but what they can do for others in the organization. I would not say that that is a large chunk of leaders, but unfortunately, they do get a lot of press, um, and they do get uh, they do get things accomplished. But you know, if you got five percent of the leaders who are truly narcissists and ninety five percent who aren't, guess who's going to get the publicity? Hopefully, organizations are wising up to this when they hire and select people. And again, it's not the, the majority of people, but it really can, it can really get into the fabric of an organization and things change from we to me. All of a sudden you got a boss that is all about him or her, then that trickles down to the employees. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, if that's the way we roll around here, I guess I got to look after me a little bit more, not worry about the we. And if you get to that point, you're, you're a mess. You might as well hit the delete key and start over because that's something that's, it is so deeply, it stains the fabric of a company so much. It's really hard to, you know, take that blotch off, you know, without a whole lot of work. Good news is that's not a lot of people. And those people tend to get identified and tend to move on. And then people kind of breathe a sigh of fresh air and okay, now we can move on to things. What I'm particularly 
interested in and excited about is the future of leaders, especially younger leaders who are high school, college, just starting. I think that we are in really good hands. The folks that are coming up into the workplace, either college students or not, they have some very unique skills and opportunities. And if they decide to accept the challenge, and I think a lot of them will, we're going to be in very good shape. Younger people, people who are just starting, one thing that we talk a lot about is uh, because of my research with nurses and doctors, we talk about post-traumatic stress disorder, which is, folks, everybody's got it. It's basically post-traumatic stress disorder is you see a certain phenomenon and it, it bugaboos you for weeks or months or years. You can't sleep, it affects your relationship. The PTSD thing is talked often in the military setting. Now I've got some research and again, email me, I'll forward it that talks about how certain percentage of nurses have it. Um, the flip side of that is post-traumatic stress resilience or just resilience. You learn from going through these things. There's a lot to be learned from going through our current situation. You're learned resilience. You're learned to see that not everybody views the world through the same set of lenses that you do. You, If there's any time where people can understand and appreciate the importance of a personal connection with another person. I guess that's a bit redundant, but just a connection with people that's not a quick little text or something. Those folks who have reached out and maintained some kind of relationships with people are doing much, 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 much better. Those folks who are lonely and isolated and unable to just stay engaged with other people, they're hurting. Oftentimes what the research talks about is older people because they're perhaps in nursing homes and friends, family can't come see them. But what the younger generation, the college kids are learning from this whole thing is that the connection with people is critical because those that have kept him see the value and those who have felt isolated and distant realize how important it is. So the communication part of leadership, I think, is in, in very good hands. And, you know, our generation of younger people is technologically savvy. They're in tune to a lot of things that, you know, like Angela and I really didn't, you know, just, just the way the world's going in terms of social issues, racial issues, dealing with people who are, you know, the one great thing about younger people, the ones that I spend time with, they really understand differences. And they're not, you know, I don't, that's, I wish we could change that word. People are different there. I just take the difference out and just say uniqueness. I mean, Angela and I have a lot of things in common, and but we got some things we don't have in common. You know, she's smarter and she's better looking than I am. Okay, we both, we both have degrees from Florida State. We both came from Chicago. Angela knows I adore her and it goes both ways. We both ways, one of my favorite there's people. Nothing, there's nothing different about us because we have a, a connection. So I think younger people are able to look at the world and immediately say, you know what? 
everybody needs to be considered. Everyone is important. Everybody has value. Everybody needs my time. And, you know, if you look back 50 years ago, sadly, African-Americans weren't considered for certain positions. If you go back a hundred and something years ago, you know, the turn of the 19th century, sometimes Italians weren't considered for certain positions. So younger people are really adept at just embracing uniqueness. And once you are able to embrace a certain uniqueness from an individual, you have, you have a greater opportunity to take advantage of those uniquenesses in very positive ways, not negative ways. You know, somebody comes from a different country, a different environment, a different race, a different orientation. Though everybody sees the world differently. If everybody saw the world the same way, where are we going to go? We ain't going nowhere. So the future of leadership, again, it's got to be a, a challenge that is accepted, I think, is in really, really good hands because the college kids, despite the consternation they receive for being entitled and demanding and, you know, kind of a pain in the butt and, you know, they want to, you know, they want to be president of the company in a week. Okay, yep. I got it. I see it. It's part of it. But through our so many talented people out there who, you know, you, you come to Florida State and Michigan State, you have to have some leadership capabilities just to get into the institution. You have had to have been in organizations. They're coming out with some leadership experience and an understanding of the way the world's going. And it's not a pretty picture, but they've seen the picture as much as everyone else. So, you know, there's we're going to be okay is, is what I'm saying. Don't, don't let all the, you know, the bad leaders and then the scandalous and all that kind of stuff. What's, you know, and I don't want to say the cavalry's coming, the cavalry's here. I would just strongly suggest that anybody in decision-making capabilities, take a look at it. Good. Good. I, I would like to ask you if, you had to go back and, well, not go back. If you had to give some advice to some young people coming out of college or give advice to people who mentor young people, what would you say? Well, where am I going? How far am I going back? Am I going back 20 years? Or am I going, what advice would I, I give And I now? shouldn't even say going back. If you, right now, if you're gonna give some advice to young people who are coming out of college or you are going to give advice to the people who mentor young people who want to become leaders, what would, what advice would you give them? Everybody needs to exercise patience hmm. and everybody has got to, and I, and this goes both ways. I mean, uh, there's one, you know, I read an article that said, uh, younger person's participation in faith and church is down. And again, folks, this is one article, you know, you can find articles on anything. And then the, go on to say that the, the reason is because younger people just don't like a person of authority standing in front of them saying, you ought not do this, which is, you know, church, that's kind of what church is. And there's some of that. I mean, there's some, it's, it's, there are, there are often challenges because some leaders view this as an authoritarian kind of relationship and not as a complementary team-based approach. Everybody's got to be patient. You know, mentors have to be patient with people because younger people are going to screw things up. 
The younger people have to be patient with leaders because they have to recognize that, yes, they're important and I'm learning all I can. And you got to be patient with yourself. You're going to, fa everyone fails at things. Everybody has challenges. The, uh, the world in which we are in, and one thing that I really try to impress upon my students, even before graduation is, cut yourself some slack. There's, there's this, this horrific phenomenon going on in younger people that I see, and it was not an issue when I was younger. It's this whole idea that they have to be perfect. Now you have to have a 4.0 to get into Florida State. Yeah, okay, you don't have to, but most people have a 4.0 to get into Florida State. The only 4.0 I ever had is when, if you added up freshman and sophomore year, and it was barely 4.0. I get it. So, you know, you see so much pressure on younger people to be perfect and to get perfect grades. And then you got Facebook, you got to have the perfect tan and you got to have the perfect car. Well, that translates into the business world. And when they start, I got to be perfect. I've got to climb the ladder this fast. We, we have to be patient and understanding and we have to knock down whatever preconceptions that we have about people because they aren't helpful. So and work hard. I wish that I had a mentor like you when I was young. <laughs> I had a mentor like you when I was a little bit older in my doctoral program. I had great mentorship, but I think the advice that you just gave was amazing. I would have loved to have heard that at 20. So I, I am sure that our listening audience appreciates that. I'm going to give you the final word, Wayne. Is there anything else, parting words that you would like to give our listening audience? Uh, yes. When, uh, when you take care of others and look after others and do kind things for others, you get a whole lot more out of it than the other person. There's an assignment that I have had in my class for the last 15 years, and I have students get involved in 10 acts of kindness during the semester. And it's on a sheet of paper where they got to fill it out. The top of it is what was your act? What did you do? And below it, what, how did it make you feel? Or what were some of the reactions? And of course, when you've got a lot of students, you get a lot of different things. That is an assignment that a lot of people embrace. I, a firm advocate that our society needs to be kinder with each other and more understanding, but it starts with yourself. You have to be kinder and more understanding and more patient with yourself because nobody's perfect. Despite what the world tells you, you don't have to look perfect. You don't have to have perfect grades. There's one thing that can eclipse all of that stuff. And that's just be a good person, be a kind person, look for ways to help others. And trust me, it, if you have that, that mindset, your, your potential for work, and happiness and joy and even things like financial stability, those are things that you will achieve. Thanks, Wayne. I really appreciate this. Thanks for taking your time. I know you're a busy person. Wayne, can you give our listening audience your... There it is, Louie. All right. Let me see the words here. The bright blessed day the dark sacred night and i think to myself sorry lou we got ahead of you here we go everybody what a, what wonderful a wonderful world. world 
love it. Well, it really is. I love it. That's a great way to end this. Could you give folks your email address if they want to contact you? Yes, it's W-H-O-C-H-W-A-R at Cobb, C-O-B, that's for College of Business, not an agricultural product, dot F-S-U, university, F-S-U, dot E-D-U. So that's Hawkwar at C-O-B dot F-S-U dot E-D-U. Keep the cards and letters coming and don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Wayne, for joining us. And I hope that you will join us again in the next episode of People Talk. Take care and be well. Thanks for listening to another episode of People Talk with Angela Hall. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues. And remember to subscribe to our show. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.